0: Welcome to League of Legends Stat Check, Episode 3. My name is Grumpy Kimmy and I'm joined by my friend Azar. Hello. Each episode, we'll be going over all of the basic stats and abilities for the chosen champions and items to help you fill in the gaps in your basic game knowledge. This episode will be covering Ivorn and Zoe, as well as most of the starter items, not including support starter items. This episode was created during patch 12.4. For those of you that are new to the podcast, this podcast is meant to be an audio resource for people who want to improve at League of Legends, but don't have the time to study up on the wiki. What they do have is eight hours a day at work where all they can do is listen. So without further ado, let's get right in with Ivern. All right. So starting with Ivern, we're going to go over the basic stats for level one. His health starts at 585. He's got 27 armor, 32 magic resist, 330 movement speed, attack damage of 50, and attack range of 475. And that is shorter than the caster minion attack range. They're at 550. Um, Another stat to note with him specifically is his health regen and mana regen, since this will affect your um, jungle clear. Health regen starts at seven per five. So every five seconds, you gain seven health back. And that goes up by 0.85 per level. The mana regen starts at six at level one per five seconds and increases by 0.75 per level.
1: Very good. And one thing to note is that while having a low de- attack damage is usually bad on jungle champions, Ivern is a special case as he does not use his auto-attacks against jungle camps, so don't be led astray by the low attack damage.
0: Okay, are we ready for the passive? Yes! Ivern's passive is called Friend of the Forest. Ivern cannot attack nor damage non-epic monsters. Instead, targeting a jungle camp initiates a 2.5 second channel that will plant a grove upon the camp placing a grove costs health and mana based on level. The channel cannot be cancelled in the first 0.15 seconds or in the last 0.5 seconds. So the health cost starts at 131 at level one and decreases per rank down to 111.65 at level 18. The mana cost per level starts at 148.5 at level 1 and decreases to 110.25 at level 18. Ivern cannot place a grove while he is unable to cast abilities. The grove matures over 40 seconds at level 1, and this is also based on level. It starts at 40 seconds level 1 and then decreases uh, per level, and the amount it decreases by changes over time but by level 15, it's only one second before the grove matures. When fully matured, Ivern can target the camp again to free it after 0.5 second cast time, clearing the camp and receiving the full gold and full experience bounties. Using smite on a monster within the grove will instantly free the camp regardless of maturity. If the camp's large monster has already been slain prior to planting a grove, Ivern will free the camp upon completing the channel at no cost. Similarly, the grove will instantly mature if the large monster is slain. Starting at level five, freeing the red Brambleback or the blue Sentinel leaves behind a sapling for 60 seconds that can be gathered by one allied champion to gain the camp's respective buff, either the Crest of the Sinners or the Crest of Insight for a reduced 90 seconds. If an ally kills either monster, they also leave behind a sapling that only Ivern can consume.
1: A couple cool details regarding this ability is that Ivern cannot normally smite camps until after he places the grove on the camp. Also, he must be within 275 units of the large monster if he wants to be able to collect the grove without smite. However, you can smite over walls to collect the camp early. Be aware that after you place the grove onto a camp, It is normally not recommended you wait the full 40 seconds you should probably run around to the jungle to place this grove and collect it as you make your round so for example you can start at say your buff smite the buff place a grove on your golems or your raptors your chickens or whichever direction you want to path, and keep moving after you place that grove and come back later to that camp to collect it a common strategy in the early game is to smite the first buff, gain your level two, place a grove on the two two closest camps, and gank the closest lanes, either top, bot, mid, and come back to those camps right after the gank. This ability definitely showcases the playstyle that Ivern takes, and that's more of a support route. He can't even kill monster camps as he simply frees them. So this kind of Paints the picture of a support champion, and the rest of his kit will definitely outline that feature.
0: Yep, he is a friend of the forest, friend to all the little animals, or at least that's what he would have you believe. <laughs> the details on this thing actually says that um, when he frees a grove, in quotes, he's actually dealing five thousand true damage to them.
1: <laughs> what a monster!
0: I know they're not really being freed. They're being instant killed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and oh, another thing to note is that your grove, when you place it down, does cost health and mana, and it is quite significant. So managing your health and mana cost is very important. What you can do is you can place two groves and then do a smite for the third camp. That way you collect your health back and then you can go back and recollect those camps. Just to manage your mana and health, Um, but I do recommend looking up clearing guides on YouTube from Ivern Professionals, as this is a very dynamic champ that has a lot of different paths and routes you can go in terms of jungling strategy.
0: Yeah, because even though you're not fighting the monsters, it costs health and mana to do it, so I'm pretty sure if you just walk through in full clear, full clear, quote unquote, and just place the grove on each of them, you're going to be super low HP at the end. Yeah. Uh, which makes you really vulnerable to an invade.
1: Exactly. And then, uh, when you're a ganking champion, you probably don't want to spend too much time low HP either, as you want to have enough health to actually gank claims.
0: Yeah. Is there anything else on this passive?
1: Um, that pretty much covers all the important stuff.
0: Okay. Moving on then. Ivern's Q is called Root Caller. Ivern throws a vine in the target direction, dealing magic damage to the first enemy hit and rooting them for a short duration, during which they are also revealed. Root collar can be recast while the target is rooted. Ivern and allied champions can select the target rooted by Root collar to dash to their location, with allies stopping at their attack range and Ivern stopping at 125 range from the target. If you recast the ability, Ivern will dash to the target. So um, Ivern or allies can dash to the target by right clicking like you want auto attack, uh, but Ivern can also just cast Q again to do the dash. This ability has a mana cost of 60 at all ranks, and the cooldown starts at 14 seconds and decreases by one second per rank. The cast time is 0.25 seconds, and the range is 1,100. Root collar deals magic damage, it starts at 80 at rank one, increasing by 45 per rank, plus 70% of AP. The root duration starts at 1.2 seconds and increases by 0.2 seconds per rank.
1: And some important details to note regarding this ability is that you cannot dash to champions that spell shield this ability. So let's say you throw it out and Morgana spell shields is applied to the target you will not be able to root or dash to that champion. However, a cool strategy you can use with this ability, you can throw this ability at a large camp or minion and have your whole team hop over a wall to that camp or minion. So let's say you wanna do a sneaky dragon and there's no blast going to pop your team over. Well, you can throw your Q and your entire team can go over the wall and sneak a dragon or a Baron. Another application of this ability is to simply move around the map faster by throwing this to minions over the wall or monsters over the wall and dashing over the walls very quickly to apply your passive onto camps and clear very, very quickly. The root caller's dash does not follow targets. Their position at the time of starting the dash is the location Ivern and his allies will stop from.
0: Yeah, so if uh, you root call someone and they while well, they're rooted, but let's say they had an ability that moves them. You won't follow them through that.
1: Right. So if Ezreal E's right as he's hit, he'll still blink and you can still target to where he used to be. But you won't dash to him. Where he's, he's still rooted, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, It because you can only dash to people who are actually rooted. I feel like if you hit Corky while he's Valkyrie, he doesn't actually get rooted. So you wouldn't be able to jump to him at all.
1: Right, and it's, it's just a weird way how Riot coded this, because even with other abilities like Morgana's Q, even if you hit a target, as long as that target's blinking away, that blink will still apply, and they'll just be rooted from a larger distance, which can be annoying, especially for champions that have long cooldowns on their CC.
0: Yeah. Okay. Ivern's W is called Brushmaker. It has a passive and an active. Passively, while Ivern is in brush, his basic attacks deal bonus magic damage on hit. This bonus persists for three seconds after leaving brush. Ivern periodically stalks a brushmaker charge up to a maximum of three. For his active, Ivern can cast this ability to grow a patch of brush at the target location for 30 seconds, granting sight of the area within and around it for three seconds. Brushmaker spawns more brush if used near terrain or other brush. This ability has a mana cost of 30 at all ranks and a static cooldown of 0.5 seconds. Um, The recharge rate for the brushmaker charges starts at 40 seconds at rank one and decreases by four seconds per rank. It has a target range of 1,000 units. The bonus magic damage on hit that Ivern gains while in brush starts at 30 at rank one and increases by 7.5 per rank plus 30% of ap
1: some cool tricks that you can use with his ability is you can set up ambushes around well anywhere that he places these bushes at he can place them in lane deep in lane uh, he places in front of a tower to create a sort of guise to hide your numbers he can place this near objectives before a team fight to try to catch any you know enemies that are trying to grant vision or gain vision for their team
0: but you do have to keep in mind that it is a double-edged sword because it could, you grant vision to yourself for three seconds when you initially cast it but the brush lasts for 30 seconds so after that initial three seconds uh you're going to have the same problem that enemy has so if you need vision in that brush you're going to have to ward it or whatever
1: that's right so You will have to, (laughs) that actually brings up a really good point. It is definitely worthwhile to ward your own bush if you are pushed off of it. It is also worth noting that this bush also offers you vision whenever you first initially place this. So if you do not have any wards and you need to face check a bush in front of you, you can simply place a bush on top of the bush and it'll grant you vision of whatever's inside. So definitely use this ability conservatively as you only get 3 charges and it is on somewhat of a big cooldown of 24 seconds in the late game make sure you play around these bushes when you're in lane or ganking as it does give you the bonus magic damage on hit which ramps up during a gank a lot of people underestimate Ivern's damage due to the nature of his kit a lot of people look at his abilities and think hey this guy doesn't do a lot of damage but his auto attacks within these bush, within these bushes is quite significant. He's also one of the only, actually, he is the only champion that can create a literal bush of terrain. Other champions like Trundle, Anivia, they can only, even Jarvan, they can only make walls and that can sometimes block your teammates. Ivern, however, is the only champion that can create bushes, which usually helps your team as it can cover them up.
0: Okay. Oh, also a fun thing that you'll see sometimes with duos is occasionally you'll find an Ivern who is duoing with a Rengar because then the Ivern can just place a brush wherever Rengar wants so that Rengar can jump out of it.
1: Ah, yes, the cheesy bottling strats.
0: Yes. I just think that one's, like, so fun. Oh, yeah. Ivern's E is called Trigger Seed. Ivren can target an allied champion, Daisy or himself to place a shield for two seconds. The target then explodes to deal magic damage and slow nearby enemies for two seconds. The explosion occurs regardless of whether or not the shield is maintained. This ability has a mana cost of 70 at all ranks and the cooldown starts at 11 seconds and decreases by one second per rank. It has no cast time and a range of 750. The shield starts at 80 at rank one, increasing by 35 per rank, plus 80% of AP. The magic damage starts at 70 at rank one, increasing by 20 per rank, plus 80% of AP. The slow starts at 50%, increasing by 5% per rank. And this ability is actually really strong in team fights. It provides a lot of utility and a lot of damage.
1: Yeah, this is pretty much your run-of-the-mill shield uh, when it comes to supporting champs. Um, Similar to how Lulu and Janna have their very large shields, Ivern has his very large shield. Uh, The difference being, this shield actually kind of hurts after it blows up. And not just damage-wise, the slow, the 70% slow in an AoE is quite significant in a teamfight. You hit... Three champions with this in a team fight, and no one's gonna be no one's gonna be escaping after that. Um, a, a lot of Iron's abilities is meant to stick onto enemies and to keep up with your team, and this really shows because you can place this on a target champion in front of you in a, during a chase, and as soon as this thing blows up, it'll slow the enemy that's perhaps out of your range, and you'll be able to catch up to the enemy and, you know, can get a free kill. This ability can also be placed on Ivern's ultimate ability, Daisy, which is similar to Annie's Tibbers. He summons this being, this golem, and by placing the shield on the golem, the golem can then chase enemies and blow up and slow them as as well. So a lot of applications for this.
0: Yeah, Daisy's like a nicer version of Tibbers. (laughs) Tibbers is mean. Daisy sounds happy. It's like, Daisy! I guess she says timbers, whatever, okay. Ivern's ultimate is called Daisy. Ivern summons his sentinel friend Daisy to his side who lands 350 units away from him in the target direction and remains on the field for up to 60 seconds as a controllable pet. Daisy can be recast at any time while Daisy is alive. On recast, Ivern commands Daisy to move to the target location. If cast on Ivern, Daisy will follow him. This ability has a mana cost of 100, and the cooldown starts at 140 at rank 1, decreasing by 10 per rank, a cast time of 0.5 seconds. Next, I'm going to go over Daisy's stats, because she is basically the ultimate. So Daisy is a controllable pet. You can control her by um, clicking your alt again, or by using alt and right click. Oh, that's confusing. I said alt and alt together. Um, No worries. You can control her by pressing R again, or alt plus right click. Daisy's stats are as follows. She has a leash range of 2,500 units. Her health at rank 1 is 1,250. And increases by 1250 per rank, plus 50% of AP. Her attack damage starts at 70 at rank 1, increasing to 100 at rank 2, and 170 at rank 3, plus 30% of AP. Her attack speed is 0.7, plus 30, 50, and 70% based on rank. Her attack range is 125. She has Armor and magic resist starting at 15 at rank 1, then increasing to 40 at rank 2, and then 90, plus 5% of AP, and movement speed of 419. Daisy's basic attacks apply stacks of Daisy Smash, resetting whenever she attacks a new target. Against a target with two stacks, Daisy's next basic attacks gain 50 bonus attack range, blah, blah, blah. Against the target with two stacks, Daisy's next basic attack gains 50 bonus attack range and is empowered to charge up for 0.625 seconds to send a shockwave in a line. The shockwave is 800 range and 200 width towards the target that deals 100% of her AD plus 20% of AP as magic damage to enemies hit and stuns and knocks them up for one second. Daisy Smash cannot occur again for three seconds. Go ahead.
1: This this ability sounds like it's something from, like, the Hulk.
0: (laughs) Daisy Smash!
1: Daisy Smash!
0: You wouldn't like her when she's angry.
1: No. (laughs) And speaking of abilities, Daisy takes 25% reduced damage from area of effects by epic monsters and champions. Daisy also gains 25% bonus movement speed for the first five seconds after spawning. Daisy will automatically attack the nearest enemy within Ivern's leash range. This is negated when she is fulfilling a movement command or following Ivern. Daisy cannot attack non-epic monsters, which makes sense because Ivern can't attack non-epic monsters.
0: (laughs) That would be weird if he summoned a pet and was like, okay, you kill him. I'm not going to do it. You do it
1: yeah uh, also good thing to note is that daisy prioritizes enemies rooted by root caller ivern's q and benefits from the abilities dash so essentially daisy is very very good for chasing enemies down or kiting back you would want to place this ability in front of your team as it can also soak up any skill shots enemies might shoot up such as a jinx rocket um caitlin ultimate uh, auction ultimate anything that's a skill shot projectile Daisy can pretty much get in front of and block for your team. This champion has very, very good CC with her Daisy Smash, as both a stun and a knockup is. Well, the knockup alone is probably one of the most OP CCs in the game since it's not affected by tenacity. So this champion is, or this Daisy is very strong. <laughs> All right, and I guess just last couple of thoughts on Ivern, Ivern is definitely a support oriented champion, you'd want to play him especially when you have a team that has a lot of innate damage but needs peel so if you if you have like a jinx and your support picks a tank like a Leona, not giving jinx too much peel, Ivern would be the perfect fit as he offers jinx the right amount of peel with both his bushes and his snares as well as Daisy and his shield. And his shields, that's right. Which
0: slows and shields.
1: Exactly.
0: Anything else on Ivory?
1: Oh, that pretty much covers the champion.
0: Sweet. So moving on to Zoe. So the next champion is Zoe. Her basic stats at level one include health of 560, Armor 21, Magic Resist 30, Movement Speed 340, Attack Damage 58, and Attack Range of 550. Zoe's passive is called More Sparkles. After casting an ability, Zoe's next basic attack or Spell Thief Missile within five seconds becomes non-projectile and deals bonus magic damage. This bonus magic damage is based on level starting at 16 at level one, and going up to 130 at level 18, plus 20% of AP. Also, side note from a previous episode, I looked it up um, after our previous podcast, and apparently missile is the American pronunciation and missile is the British pronunciation, just for the record. Interesting. Anyway.
1: So the important thing to note about this ability is that it's your simple buffed auto attack um, this is, applies after any time you cast uh, cast a spell. So you'd want to weave this as much as possible with your abilities. Whenever you cast an ability with Zoe, you want to weave in an auto at least once or twice, um, simply because the first attack will be instant, and then the second attack you can already cue your auto attack. So you may as well get in that second proc.
0: And since it's a non projectile, and it's like the it's an auto attack, but it's not a projectile. Is not blocked by spell shields and is not blocked by wind wall but it is still blocked by parries like Shen.
1: That's right. A cool level 1 strategy you can use with Zoe and Electrocute is to initiate an auto attack, a regular auto attack, cast your Q behind you, do another auto attack and since it's empowered, it'll be instant and non-projectile, and then cast your Q again towards the enemy, trying to land the ability of course and auto attacking one more time. You'll win most level 1 trades with this combo as Electrocute's proc after the third instance of damage.
0: Zoe's Q is called Paddle Star. Zoe shoots a star in the target direction that detonates upon colliding with an enemy, dealing magic damage to enemies within the area, reduced to 80% for enemies hit beyond the first. The total damage is increased based on distance traveled. So at 800 distance traveled, the damage modifier is 0%. At 2,550 distance traveled, the damage value is increased by 150%. If the star does not collide with an enemy, it lingers at maximum range for one second, allowing paddle stars to be recast after 0.25 seconds in the duration. On recast, Zoe redirects the star to the target location, resetting its damage modifier on cast, The redirected star can travel beyond the new location, continuing forward until it moves more than 800 units from Zoe. Pile star's recast can be used while affected by cast-inhibiting crowd control. It says it can be used.
1: Cast-inhibiting crowd control. Um, Oh, okay, so I get it. Um, So if you, like, let's say you press Zania's on Zoe, you can still cast the Q, so...
0: The second... Part of the queue.
1: Yeah, yeah. So as long as as the first one.
0: You can do that while sleeping? Or you can do that while in Zonia's?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, It says you
0: can do it while airborne. Airborne, silent, sleep, stasis.
1: As long as the first queue is out.
0: That's so weird. Yeah. That's messed up.
1: It really is.
0: So you could cast. You could cast a Q behind you, then Warwick ults you, and while you're suppressed, you could recast it back at him.
1: Exactly. The only downside is it won't do too... I mean, it's obviously, it's damage is damage, right? Especially when you're CC'd.
0: It would do its normal damage, yeah. But yeah,
1: it, it won't do that much damage since you don't get much distance between you and the champion that's CCing you. However, if you are in Zanias, and the champion's like running away from you, you know the distance that they run, you can usually catch up if they were on you before. The paddle star can usually catch up to them and do you know a good chunk of damage, especially in the late game where she really hits like a truck.
0: Do you play Zoe?
1: I do actually. I I, I love playing this champion, just because it's it's a very simple kit, but very simple. very skill shot reliant.
0: She doesn't seem simple. She seems weird.
1: She she is. She she's kind of off-putting when you first play her, but Once you kind of understand your your combos, it's not too hard. All all you have to think about is auto-attacking between each ability and landing your E no matter what. And if you don't land your E, you're dead, (laughs) especially in a lot of the matchups.
0: Okay. Um, This ability has a mana cost of 50 at rank one, increasing by five per rank. The cooldown starts at 8.5 seconds and decreases by 0.5 seconds per rank. The cast time is 0.25 seconds. The range of this ability is 800 units from Zoe, but it does not have a limit on how far it can go. So on second recast, it will travel up to 800 units away from Zoe. Um, but she, if she moved farther away, then it can travel really far. So it'll travel however far Zoe can get, and then 800 units more. I said that weird. That's fine. So, for example, if she casts her Q and then takes um, a rise portal as it's going, and then casts it again, it'll travel that whole distance. Um, however, it's not like you can get massive damage by doing a global alt or a global Q or anything like that because the damage modifier uh, only goes up to 2,550 range. So after that, you're not gaining any additional damage by going farther. The minimum magic damage for this ability has several modifiers. It has a base minimum damage based on level, starting at 7 at level 1 and going up to 50 at level 18, plus 50 at rank 1, increasing by 30 per rank, plus 60% of AP, plus the distance travel modifier.
1: That's right, and some important things to note about this ability is that you have to be landing it in team fights consistently. Otherwise, you'll pretty much be useless, as this is pretty much her only damage uh, damaging ability as an AP mage. Most other mages have, you know, their their E and W and Alt all to deal damage. For Zoe, this this right here is her bread and butter when it comes to damage. Um, the only other ability that has damage. Is or E, and you know we'll get to that eventually. But that's pretty much primarily used for CC and setting up this ability. Um, but in general, you want to be landing this ability consistently in team fights, uh, even without your E. Otherwise, you know you're you're just a walking talking uh, body bag. Gotcha. All right.
0: Do you want to say it's a projectile?
1: Oh yeah, and it is a projectile, and both instances of this projectile apply her passive sparkles so when she initially casts a Q uh, behind her usually uh, it'll apply sparkles so you can get your auto attack in and then once you recast it it'll apply sparkles again so you can have your empowered auto attacks as well
0: but you don't have to cast it twice if you just need the instant damage to finish someone off and you don't want to give them time to respond because it's like really obvious when you throw it behind you that yeah. you're gonna look for this you can just send it straight out if you just need that initial hit
1: exactly especially when when you're chasing someone and they're like an auto attack left of hp but they're just outside of range
0: yeah so you don't have to do two casts you can just boop yeah zoe's w is called spell thief and it is a passive that changes as it picks stuff up so her passive is called spell thief Whenever an enemy champion casts a summoner spell or item active, they drop the corresponding spell shard onto the ground that grants sight over 100 radius area and remains for 40 seconds. Some enemy minions spawn with random spell shards that also drop to the ground for 20 seconds if killed by Zoe. And the minions with the spell shards are the minions that carry the little happy balloons. Um, Collecting a Spell Shard allows Zoe to activate Spell Thief within the next 60 seconds. She can replace her current Spell Thief active by moving directly onto another Spell Shard. When you pick up a Spell Shard, it will replace your W. So if you pick a, a Spell Shard for flash, your W will be replaced by flash icon. So active. Zoe mimics the active of the collected Spell Shard. So if you picked up a flash, you'll flash. If you picked up a heal, you'll heal. Uh, If you picked up a gore drinker, you'll do your gore drinker thingy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It has a second passive called (laughs) Wee. Casting Spell Thief or one of Zoe's own summoner spells grants her bonus movement speed for the next few seconds and summons three bubbles that orbit her for the next 10 seconds. If Zoe is not affected by complete crowd control, she hurls one bubble at a time at the nearest non-sleeping enemy in range, prioritizing her attack target, dealing magic damage with each bubble. So basically this ability is a passive where she can pick up little things on the ground that are summoner spells or item active abilities. And then whenever she casts it, um, she gets bonus movement speed and summons bubbles that hurt people. This ability does not have a mana cost or a cast time. It has a cooldown of 0. 0.25 seconds and an effect radius of 2,200 units. What does that mean?
1: Um, oh, that's enemy casts. So if an enemy cast um, casts flash 2,200 units away from Zoe, she'll be able to pick it up. But if the enemy fa- flashes further than 2,200 units, then she, okay. yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, that's still pretty uh, long distance. Yeah.
0: Like a full lane, right? At least.
1: Yeah. And then as for minions, um, since minions spawn at base, um, that's just why it's global.
0: The bonus movement speed starts at 30, 30% at rank one, increasing by 10% per rank. The bonus movement speed duration starts at two seconds and increases by 0.25 seconds per rank. The magic damage per bubble is 25 at rank one, increasing by 10 per rank, plus 13.3% of AP. Oh, 13.33333% of AP. Three continuing.
1: Yeah. um, So this ability is very, very diverse. You know, she it gives her movement speed, gives her damage, gives her items, gives her spells. It makes zoe very very slippery and very hard to kill especially if you try to flash on her she can flash on top of your flash or she can ult on top of your flash uh go back to where she was originally and then flash away um there's just so many uses for this um also another thing to note is that when you do use uh, an item or a summoner spell it also gives you your passive sparkles auto attack buff as well oh yeah so even if you miss all all of your auto or not all of your auto attacks so even if you miss all of your abilities, you can constantly cast, you know, spells and items that people drop and, you know, constantly apply your auto attacks to get in that damage. Oh, um, another thing to note is that minions do not drop teleports. otherwise that would be way OP in laning phase as you can just teleport back to lane after getting a random lucky drop. Another thing to note is that Zoe cannot steal consumables, trinkets, or component items, as that would also be way too overpowered in this game. Can you imagine stealing a corrupted pot all, a corrupted pot all landing phase <laughs> every time they pop one?
0: I can't because I don't know what corrupting pot does.
1: Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh! Well, good thing I, I have bought it once. Tune in to find out later what a corrupting pot does.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will find out today.
1: Yes. A list of active items Zoe can steal once they're cast are Everfrost, Galeforce, Gore Drinker, Hextech Rocket Belt, Locket of the Iron Solari, Predator Boots, Prowler's Claw, Randuin's Omen, Shirelia's Battle Song, Stridebreaker, Turbo Chemtank, Yomu's Ghostblade, Zaniya's Hourglass,
0: <laughs> Zaniya's, and that's all. Is that how you normally say that?
1: Zania. I say zonia's.
0: Oh. Zania's? I say both. Zonia's and Zania's.
1: And Zonia's <laughs> hourglass. class.
0: Zonia's. See, it's like they zonia off some. Zonia. <laughs> I always
1: thought it was like zania Zania's.
0: Zonya? I don't know. Zonya. I feel like I say both. Zania.
1: <laughs> zonia. Yeah zonia
0: i don't say zonia i definitely don't say that
1: (laughs) Zon zonia's zonia's and zonia's
0: hourglass
1: (laughs) 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 oh my god
0: okay um zoe's e is called sleepy trouble bubble Zoe kicks a bubble in the target direction that bursts on the first enemy hit or else doing a short one second bounce at maximum range, then forming a trap on the ground for five seconds that arms immediately. The bubble can only move through terrain once, but may do so indefinitely, gaining the distance traveled inside terrain as bonus range, and will fall short if it would enter terrain again. Oh, it can't go through multiple terrain, so it's not like Kane. It can only go through one terrain, but can go through a super long terrain. Yeah. The bubble deals magic damage on contact with an enemy and renders them drowsy for 1.4 seconds, which gradually slows them, after which they fall asleep for 2.25 seconds. The next instance of non-persistent, non-minion, non-small, and medium monster damage taken from the sleeping target consumes a debuff, To deal them bonus true damage equal to the post mitigation damage dealt capped at sleepy trouble bubbles damage. The bonus damage is dealt before triggering the damage. That was weird to say. Yeah, But it's basically the next thing after they fall asleep will deal bonus damage and true damage. Things like ignite minions and monsters will not wake up a sleeping target. So you don't need to be worried about the ignite ticks or anything like that. Right. This ability has a mana cost of 80 at all ranks. The cooldown starts at 16 seconds and decreases by one second per rank. Cast time of 0.25 seconds. The range of this ability is 800, but it does it is affected by terrain. The maximum slow for this ability starts at 10% at rank one, increasing by 5% per rank. The magic damage starts at 60 at rank 1, increasing by 40 per rank, plus 40% of AP. The maximum mixed damage starts at 120, increasing by 80 per rank, plus 80% of AP.
1: So a cool little trick with this ability is that if you do land this ability on an enemy that is out of vision, as soon as they're slept, you'll get a butterfly indication in the fog of war that gives you a target where to aim your ability, your next ability, which is usually just your Q. Yeah,
0: so if you you get a little explosion if it hits someone um, in Fog of War, and then once they're slept, the little butterfly indicator pops up so you know where they fell asleep.
1: Yeah, a couple things to note is that when you're playing Zoe, this is usually her kill threat ability. If you land this on a squishy target, there's a high chance that you'll one-shot them if you have electric queued up. Also, a good thing to note is that most enemies will actually run away from you as soon as they're slept, giving you more damage on your queue as there's more distance needed to be, uh, needing to be traveled. So a good strategy would be to E an enemy, place a queue behind you, ult forward, and as they're slept, use your Q again and hit them. Also, be aware of enemies builds as well because Merc treads does reduce the duration of the sleep, giving you a a lower window of time to hit them during their brief phase of when they're asleep. Another trick you can use with Zoe's E ability is you can ult close to a wall, cast your E to get the extra distance and perhaps a better angle. Your ult will bring you back to your original location And you can follow up with your Q if you do hit a target.
0: So one thing to note about this ability is that if you're playing Morgana and an ally gets hit by the sleepy trouble bubble and they're drowsy, you can cast the Morgana shield on them and it will prevent them from falling asleep. Zoe's ultimate is called portal jump. Zoe dives into a portal that she opens beneath her, blinking a fixed distance in the target direction and remaining there for 0.75 seconds. During this, she cannot move, but she can cast abilities and auto attack, and she has unobstructed vision, meaning she can see over walls and reveals in Fog of War, but will not reveal enemies that are inside brush she does not have vision of. After one second, she blinks back to her casting position. Portal Jump resets Zoe's basic attack timer. This ability has a mana cost of 50 and cooldown starts at 11 at rank one and decreases by three per rank. The cast time is 0.25 seconds and it has a range of 575. And the range is always the same no matter what, right?
1: That's right. One simple application of this ability is simply to chase down an, an enemy that is almost dead ult forward giving you the applied passive of sparkles empowering your next basic auto attack to do bonus damage and giving you the opportunity to execute any low hp enemies another handy use of this ability is simply for vision you get a giant area of vision wherever you ult and you can see anyone or anything that's around just be aware that enemies can still hide in bushes and the vision won't grant you access to that bush unless you're physically inside that bush another thing to note is the distance that you get with your ults also buffs the damage you get on your q so using your e ult q combo is very effective at one-shotting enemies especially in the mid to late game you want to use this ability conservatively when you're within vision of the enemy as you will always blink back to the point you started making it very easy for enemies to land skill shots on you. So if an enemy Yasuo has a tornado up, you'd probably be wise to hold on to this ability until after he casts his.
0: It's a super obvious thing too. The portal on the ground is like really bright.
1: Exactly. Um, If you're playing against Zoe, however, keep in mind where she initially casted her ult as you can target a hard to hit skill shot such as your gut ult, Of X ult onto the location of where she's going to be and you're guaranteed to hit her every single time.
0: And she will always blink back even if she gets CC'd or anything like that. She cannot stay at the other side of her ult.
1: Exactly. This ability is a double-edged sword. Also just kind of a general tip when playing against Zoe, you want to stay on top of her as that's where she does the least amount of damage as the further you are from her the more damage she does with her Q. All right. And that's just about it for Zoe, our yo-yo champion.
0: Well, awesome. Moving on to the items. And today we're doing it a little bit different because instead of just going over two items, we're going over starter items, right?
1: That's right. And the starter items we will be going over are tier Corrupting Plot, Coal, Doran's Ring, Doran's Blade, Doran's Shield, and Dark Seal. Now, obviously, the game allows you to buy components such as, you know, a, your typical long sword, ruby crystal, but typically in the early game, you don't want to build those as these early game starting items provide more stats in lane.
0: Yeah, so that's situational and based on uh, specific champions might do something like that but
1: exactly now going on the most basic and probably most well-known starting items doran's blade and doran's ring these two items are typically used when you want to all in early on so a champion like yon a champion like perhaps cassiopeia um, basically any champion that has a very strong level three level two really want to build these items as they give you a lot of stats not only to survive an initial engage, but also deal a lot of damage as well. A cool yeah, little they're tidbit. The,
0: sorry. No, you're they're your, pretty much your basic starter item uh if you want to deal damage. So Doran's blade if you're AD and Doran's ring if you're AP.
1: Exactly. And pair that with a pot and your your level one all-in will have you know your 150 bonus health from the pot plus all the big stats these items give you in the early game.
0: Okay, and real quick, I'm gonna go over the stats for a Doran's Ring. The stats for Doran's Ring is 15 ability power and 70 health, and then it has two unique passives. The first unique passive is called Focus. Basic attacks deal five bonus physical damage on hit against minions. Additionally, it has the unique passive Drain restore 0.75 mana every second. Increase to 1.25 for 10 seconds when you damage an enemy champion. If you cannot gain mana, heal 50% of this value instead. And this item costs 400 gold.
1: Um, a cool a cool little tip about Doran's Ring is that despite it being considered a mana item, the passive also gives you HP regen when you're at full mana. So champions like Kennen who don't have any mana could still build Doran's ring as you get both the HP and the AP but also get that bonus health regen. I especially enjoy this item on champions like Kale whose abilities don't cost any mana at level 1, i.e. for E <laughs> as you Get the bonus HP without having to worry about juggling your mana costs and trying to stay at max mana.
0: The basic stats for Doran's Blade is 8 attack damage and 80 health. It has one unique passive called Warmonger, which is just 2.5% omnivamp, which allows you to gain healing um, for any type of damage you deal. And the Doran's Blade costs 450 gold.
1: That's right. And something to note about Dord's Blade is that despite it not having any health regen, it does have that Omnivamp, which incentivizes you to constantly push lane as the more times you auto attack something, the more HP you get back. So this is a very, very aggressive purchase. So champions like Yon, uh, champions like Yasuo, pretty much any champion that can auto attack a wave a lot, especially ADCs. Uh, who typically build this item first definitely benefit from that omni
0: I built one today.
1: Hey there we go on gnar. Oh
0: in the top lane versus trendomere and I actually nice. won in a range game in top <laughs> lane. I was so proud of myself. There we go. And I won, won one 1v1 fight. I like
1: there's some the application. I like it.
0: Yeah. I didn't know what Doran's Blade did when I bought it honestly. It was just yeah. Twisted, but yeah it worked out.
1: All right, and then moving on to Dorn Shield. Did you want to go over the stats?
0: Sure. All right. Uh, the stats for Doran's Shield are 80 health and plus 6 health per 5 seconds for health regen. Um, it has two unique passives. The first one is called Focus. Basic attacks deal 5 bonus physical damage on hit against minions. The second unique passive is called Endure. After taking damage from a champion or large man- monster, gain health regeneration equal to 0 to 40 based on current missing health over 8 seconds. Reduced to 66% effectiveness on ranged champions or when triggered by AoE dot or proc effects. The 0% health regeneration is if you have no missing health and the 40 health regen is if you are at 75 missing 75% missing health. Over eight seconds. The cost of this item is 450
1: gold. So this is, as the name, you could probably already guess is a defensive item. <laughs> this is extremely powerful if you use your brain. A lot of people, when they take this item, think that they can consistently take damage all through any phase, you know, get, getting like multiple trades. That's just not how this item works. With this item, you want to take short trades and then back off and then wait for your passive, your unique unique passive to regen fully before going in for another trade. And what I mean by that is when you go in for a trade, perhaps you'll take, you know, a full enemy combo and then you back off. You want to wait for this passive to completely run out before going back in again just to maximize the amount of health you get back.
0: This is one of my favorite starting items in the top lane, just because I'm not very good at laning yet. So um, it helps me stay in lane longer to have that sustain.
1: Oh yeah, and this item also incentivizes you to take poke intentionally so that the enemy pushes lane. So whenever an enemy auto-attacks you, they'll draw minion aggro. And whenever your minions attack the enemy, that means those minions aren't attacking enemy minions, which means the lane will naturally push to you. And you'll regen that health anyways with this passive. So if you take one auto attack, it is 100% worth it because not only will you mitigate a lot of their damage after eight seconds, the lane will be pushing into you, which is very favorable for getting your first gank from your own team and not getting ganked by the enemy team.
0: Yeah, very helpful for trying to keep the minion wave on your side near your turret.
1: Exactly. Another thing to note is you never want to press your potion until you gain all your hp back from this item because the potion will put you at higher health and the higher health you have the less healing you get from this item
0: unless you're gonna die
1: exactly unless you're gonna die then you want to pop that thing
0: (laughs) okay anything else on this one
1: uh that pretty much covers that next let's go over coal
0: so, the stats for Call is 7 attack damage and 3 health on hit. It has a unique passive called Reap. Killing a minion grants 1 gold, up to a maximum of... Wait, no. Does that say 1 gold or 1 time?
1: Uh, 1 gold.
0: It is 1 gold? Yeah. So, you actually literally get a gold? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've never bought this. Okay. So... It has a unique passive called Reap. Killing a minion grants one gold, up to a maximum of 100 gold. After having killed 100 minions, grants an additional 350 gold and permanently disables this passive. This item costs 450 gold.
1: Something to note about this item in the early game is that it does not offer any mana. So if you are a mana using champion, you do not wanna purchase this as your first item. So if you're a Gangplank whose Q uses up 25% of your mana, do not purchase this. You will not be able to lane. You will not be able to farm. And it's just generally not worth it to buy this as the first item. However, if you're a champion that where you you know you can't kill the enemy and they can't really kill you, this is the perfect item to buy. So if you're playing, let's say, Kennen and you're playing against I don't know, an Ornn who just sits at tower and does nothing, it's fine to buy this item, especially if you're planning on playing passive all game.
0: This is more of a a passive start, right? You're expecting to just be killing minions for the first 100 minions, which is like the first 10 minutes of the game.
1: Yeah, yeah. And this kind of puts pressure on your enemy to play more aggressive against you, to punish you for not having... You know the necessary base stats to really have an impact in your lane this could also be a double edged sword though as by not having those stats you may not be able to contest your own wave so i will be zoned out of gold anyways and the value of this diminishes once you can't even contest your own waves to get gold so definitely a double-edged sword once again but definitely worth it if you just plan on farming uh, a so, cool strat
0: sorry uh yeah. So I noticed that the total amount of gold you're gaining from this is exactly 450, which is the cost of the item. So it's basically mm-hmm. you're just, it's paying for itself.
1: Exactly. And then you it's just for, have a you...
0: free seven attack damage and three health on hit.
1: Exactly, and then you can sell it for 180 and that's basically a free 180 gold.
0: Yeah, I don't get this item. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, don't know why I would ever want this. I'd rather just so have
1: stats. Th- this item is really, really good. If you buy this second or third and champions like gangplank who can easily clear a wave and who can benefit from these base stats anyways. will definitely be favorable towards this as his purchases are very expensive anyways, so the 180 gold will bring you that you know that much closer to his mythic or his you know next crit item. Um, this is ju- this is just one of those items that kind of gives you that slight edge. And in a, in a close game where there's not that many kills going out, there's not too much aggression going on, this item can be the difference between, you know, you, you getting that extra item from base and you not getting the extra item from base. So it's it's really based on how you feel how the game's going in your lane.
0: Yeah, I still don't get it. <laughs> I'll have to go watch someone who uses this. It just feels weird to me.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't buying consistently an item that buy this. You
0: intend to sell anyway. So yeah. you're just you're just buying homework that you have to kill a hundred minions.
1: Well, think about it this way: let's say you do buy a Dorn's blade, right? That's 450 gold. That's not going towards your uh towards your full build, right? That's 450 gold. You're essentially flushing down the drain.
0: Only if you so, make it to six items. Often true. you don't make it that far.
1: But also, you want to have enough room in your inventory to have pink wards and components of other items. So, a lot of times, a lot of players will sell the Doran's Blade anyways by the third item, sometimes even second item, sometimes even first item. You know, sometimes you really have to get that mythic in order to stay relevant in lane, especially if it's like a shield boat for like a Yone. but yeah, that, that's essentially Dorn's Blade is 450 gold flushed down the drain once you sell it. Coal, on the other hand, once it's complete, is 450 plus 180 gold going towards a full item. Right? I suppose so. so. That, that, that's kind of the difference. So it's and, not
0: 180. It's more like, gosh, I can't do math. 630? No. Yes. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. I have to do calculator i can't do basic (laughs) addition 180 450 630 that's what i said right
1: yeah so it's it's essentially 630 gold going towards an actual item that's being built okay so when when you when you put it in that perspective it it gets a little bit better you know
0: yeah it's just temporary stats and then you get six hundred thirty
1: gold still exactly and 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 of course you get the benefit of the seven ad and the three health on hit so a champion like canon or like if you know you don't really need the mana to survive in lane and you don't think that innings could go anywhere you know this this would be okay um all in all if you're planning on carrying solo carrying a game like 1v9 and ranked i wouldn't recommend this item as it doesn't give you that that oomph you you'd want in the early game okay All right, next Next is the famous Dark Seal.
0: The Dark Seal's stats is 15 ability power and 40 health. It has two unique passives. The first one is called Glory. Gain two stacks for each champion kill and one stack for each assist, up to a maximum of 10 stacks. Lose five stacks on death. Stacks are preserved when upgrading to Magi's Soul Stealer. The second passive is called Dread. Gain four ability power for each stack of glory. And there is a limitation. You can only have one glory item in your inventory. This item costs 350 gold.
1: This dark seal is a snowball item with one item that costs 350 gold. You can get up to fifty-five <laughs> AP, which is just absolutely ridiculous. If you like, really put just perspective, the amount of cost to the amount of damage you're getting from this item. So champions that snowball out of control, such as Katarina, um, maybe a kali in, in the mid lane in a very favorable matchup, maybe Fizz. Um, AP champions that snowball want this item in the early game especially if they don't need mana
0: so for reference real quick i just looked up and a needlessly large rod offers 60 ability power and that item costs 1250 gold
1: yeah so you could potentially
0: be almost as much as a needlessly large rod but for like a fourth of the cost ish
1: that's right. And if you're totally smurfing, you can <laughs> you can build a Magi Soul Stealer out of this item and just completely get out of hand in a game. Um, just be careful of your stacks. You don't want to die. You want to play, you know, somewhat conservatively. You know, you you, you don't want to just d- dive in 1v5 and die and lose all your stacks. Being, yeah, you need to value to... your life. Exactly.
0: Don't die and for t- a teammate. <laughs>
1: Honestly, that's good advice for real life.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Um, note that this does offer less stats than the Doran's Ring. So you are sacrificing a little early game oomph that the Doran's Ring offers, as well as the HP regen. However, mana regen. Or, uh, well, the mana regen gets converted into HP. And, uh, I just mean Ring. this
0: item has no mana at all.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you get get no regen at all. Good point, good point. Um, Let's see. Oh, uh, but the trade-off for not having these base stats is you do get to buy three health pots or one refillable pot, making it even more cost-effective.
0: Yeah, and this is an item that I often hear recommended, especially for people who are trying to improve at the game uh Because it puts more emphasis on your deaths. You pay more attention to dying because you're looking at your stats and it helps teach you to pay more attention, to value your life more and to try to learn how to how to hold on to this and how to protect yourself. And that's right. It, it also is really good if you plan on snowballing but it's also a really good comeback item also because it's really cheap. And if the enemy team throws and they like all die to you guys, suddenly you have a ton of stacks and it costs you very little. I call it an optimistic item.
1: <laughs> it does also incentivize incentivize roaming and team fighting as well. Yes. As you know, especially in the early game where you know, your jungler calls you to scuttle and you know who's gonna roam there first, right? The guy with the dark seal who wants, you know, stacks and the guy with the doran's ring who just uh wants to all in you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of this item. You know, it actually used to be even more OP back in the day. It used to increase your healing you got from pots as well. But that that's just you can probably just cut that out. Okay.
0: That's no
1: longer relevant.
0: But a very cost effective item, even now.
1: Oh yeah. And next, we'll go over Corrupting Pot.
0: Okay, I need to.
1: Probably the most OP item at the moment.
0: A Corrupting Pot is a consumable that is built out of a refillable potion. The total cost for a Corrupting Potion is 500 gold. So passively, the Corrupting Potion uh, holds charges that refill upon visiting the shop and it holds three charges. So every time you go back to the shop, you get three charges on your Corrupting Potion. Corrupting Potion can be used even at full health and mana. When you consume a Corrupting Potion charge, you will regenerate 5.208 health and 3.125 mana every 0.5 seconds, over 12 seconds, for a total of 125 health and 75 mana. During this time, basic attacks and damaging abilities against enemy champions burn them, dealing 15 bonus magic damage over three seconds, increased to 20 while the user cannot regenerate mana. Bonus damage is halved for area of effect and damage over time effects. And there is a limitation on this item. You can only have one type of potion in your inventory.
1: That's right, this is the sustained quick, start. sorry, 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 oh. sorry.
0: Okay. Does that literally mean that you can't have a red health potion in your inventory? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. Okay, go.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, the corrupting pot is the sustained start to the game. You buy this in the early game, and your goal with this is to keep it in your inventory as long as possible, because every time you back, you get that, all those charges, they used in their earlier back at no cost at all so you never have to buy a red pot in the game ever <laughs> no refillable nothing it's one and done however in the early game you do not want to get all in when you have this item as you do not have the base stats other items give you so you want to go in for quick trades you know let's say you're playing vex you want to place your e place your q place your auto get the electrocute stack uh, maybe you trade uh, an Anivia Q and an E, and they win the trade because they have more stats. However, once you pop the corrupting pot, it'll turn out you've won the trade because the Anivia can't just pop her pots willy nilly, right? She has a limited amount, and she only gets two if she starts Doran's Blade or Doran's Ring. So you've essentially won the trade simply by having the pot, despite having a lower health pool. And another thing to note is if you can pop this early on in a fight, you will also get the bonus damage from the pot that it offers, the 15 bonus magic damage over three seconds. This may not seem like a lot, but this pot runs for quite a bit, so if you can get an extended trade with this, like maybe, you know, an extra auto with a Q in on maybe a Syndra, um, you know, this damage does ramp up over time.
0: This is a potion that you'd want to start using at the beginning of a fight so you get that bonus magic damage throughout the entire trade, especially extended trades, right? Whereas like normal health potions, sometimes you like to hold on to those and then use them in between fights. This is Mm -hmm. more of a drink while fighting thing.
1: Yeah, and you'll see this item mostly used in the mid lane simply because in the mid lane, Their fights are, you know, just simple trades. You know, there's rarely ever the all-ins you see in, like, like in top lane. Um, Champions are typically ranged in the mid lane, so it's easier to get these smaller trades. Typically, players that run Corrupting Pot also run TP. That way you can back, refill your Corrupting Pot, and get back to lane instantly with full potions. It's a fairly safe buy, too since the overall health that you gain is quite significant.
0: And according to this, uh, it's frequently bought on champions like Nasus and Poppy in the top lane.
1: Yeah. I don't play too much Nasus. uh, I would assume... Actually, I I don't know his mana pots. Oh, that's right. That's right. I I keep forgetting that he uses mana.
0: He does use mana, yeah
1: yeah does um, poppy use mana i can't remember
0: i want to oh, say does. yeah
1: yeah she does she has mana plus mana region okay interesting. how do
0: you do that so fast did you click on her
1: i guess just i just hovered her. over her
0: oh yeah it says mana regen. okay
1: <laughs> yeah interesting yeah
0: anything else on this one
1: um that pretty much covers it okay pretty simple item <laughs> uh and then the last item is the tier.
0: okay so the tier of the goddess has base stat of 250 mana it has two passives focus so basic attacks deal five bonus physical damage on hit against minions and the unique passive mana charge mana charge grants a charge every eight seconds up to four charges Affecting an enemy or ally with an ability consumes a charge and grants three bonus mana, increasing to six if it's a champion, up to a maximum of 360 bonus mana. And this mana isn't just going back into your pool, it's actually increasing your max mana pool size, correct? That's correct. Um, there is a limitation on this item. You can only have one mana charge item in your inventory. This item costs 400 gold.
1: An important thing to note when considering buying this item is that it does not give you any combat stats whatsoever. It only gives you mana. The bonus tax you get, the bonus physical damage you get, only applies to minions, not champions. So if you do buy this item, avoid fighting the enemy, unless it's a free trade. So if you have your GP queue up and you start Tear of the Goddess for whatever reason, you know, you can spam your Q as much as you want, but you do not want to go for an all-in. However, there are certain champions that do scale with mana, and that is Rise. Rise scales with mana, and his abilities cost a lot of mana, so he can go um, usually pretty fast in the early game. So buying a tier is definitely worth it on him. Another champion that comes to mind is Cassiopeia, Cassiopeia who runs out of mana fairly quickly as well. The only time you would ever want to buy this item in the early game is if you do intend to build an Archangel staff, a man immune, or a winner's approach. But as I said before, beware of buying this item first as it offers no stats at all. 99% of the time, you want to buy a Doran's Ring over this because yeah. it gives you mana regen, it gives you AP, and it gives you health, everything you need to survive the lane, plus you can buy you know, HP pots um, I mean, you can still buy HP pots with this item, but, you know, that HP matters more when you have a Dorn's Ring.
0: Yeah, I don't know if these are champions that start with this item, but this page mentions that common champions that build this, uh, whether it's first or second, are Rise, Karthus, Ezreal, Kog'Maw, and Nidalee.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, I think Ezreal in the mid lane I'm not I'm actually not too sure about Ezreal's mid lane uh builds. I normally just start Dorns ring, but I could see the argument for tier cog in the mid lane tier definitely. I feel definitely. like he
0: is one of the, I feel like Ezreal buys it on first back.
1: Yeah. Not, yeah, not, it, it's not definitely not, not a starter. starter. Yeah. Um Ezreal mid lane maybe since he doesn't really have any doesn't have too much kill pressure in the early game anyways. Um Karthus, I can definitely see, because Karthus usually takes TP anyways. Um, but and by recently, that, you I, mean
0: laning Karthus, not jungle Karthus,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, laning Karthus. Um, but honestly, in the early game, I've seen most Karthus' rush their Mythic over Archangels. There's almost no point in starting the tier anyways. I mean, sure, you can build it later on in the laning phase, but starting it with no base stats is usually a no-go.
0: Okay anything else on these items
1: uh no that pretty much covers it
0: okay so that covers all of the starting items um that's it for this episode of league of legends stat check thank you so much for joining us and thank you azar for helping uh we'll be back next week for another two champions and items and we wish you luck bye